This episode was recorded on the land of the Jar Jar Rung. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. And we'd also like to pay our respects to any traditional owners listening to this episode. Hey all you wonderful, creative, amazing people. This is Country Creatives with your host, Caleb and... Reese. Yeah. And that, Reese, is what you call... A different intro. It certainly was. And today's a little bit of a different episode. Yeah, it because is. Because we just sit down, have a chat, how's life, year in review. Yeah. And I like when we have these kind of chats because it feels like it really flows mm-hmm. and we have a really genuine talk about how we are and how life is treating us and how the creative juices yep. are flowing. And yep. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I want to encourage you when you're listening to this and after you listen to this episode, do one of these conversations with someone that you're close with. It's really important as we come into rounding out a, a calendar year that we do some really good reflection of what's been happening, the wins that we've experienced, but also what we're what we've been learning and what we're going through. Come on. Yeah. Can I give one tip for people who want to have yeah. this kind of conversation? I think what we do really well and what I've learned with dropping in and holding space for a big conversation is to not try to solve the person's problems. Good one. But to just to go along and ask interesting questions and let the other person solve their own problems, but just learn more about it and genuinely have an interest. And if you connect with something that they've said, you don't have to go, oh, yeah, my experience is blah, blah, blah. Mm. You can just say, oh, I feel that. Yeah. Seek to understand. That's really good advice, Reese. Well done. Yeah. Let's get into it. Well... Here we are, Caleb. Here we are. Here we are in a different space, Reese. Yeah, it sounds a bit more echoey in, in the boardroom at the Emporium. Yeah, we've never really given this room a name, um, but it is. we are sitting in the boardroom rather than the studio. We've got uh, a Troy Firebrace original hanging behind you, lots of brick walls for sound to bounce around. But hey, we're going to have a really great conversation today. Bit of a year in review, right? I can't believe it's the 1st of December when we're recording this. Yeah, you know, wow. It's meant to be summer. doesn't feel like it just yet. No. But that's all good. Hey, oh, I've I'm got a question. Ready. I'm ready for a question. About this time last year, we spoke about the Christmas holidays workflow as a creative. And I can't remember exactly, but I know the gist of it was yeah. you had a bit of a format for signing on clients yes. to be able to pad out those weeks and months of businesses and people being on holidays and away and mm. the big shortfall in yep. income and cash yep. flow over yep. the Christmas period. How did that go? How did your yeah. plan actually pan out? Did Great. it work well? Yeah. And then once we get to that, once you let me know how it went, I want to know if the plan will tweak for this year, yeah, this Christmas good season. Good one. All right. Over at Hebron Films, there's been some really big things happening. So, As you um, alluded to, our direction at the start of this year was more strategy clients, which would flow into yearly retainers. We don't call them that because no one likes to be retained, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, we call them video partnerships. And yeah, it really has developed over the year. Very pleased to say we've had three or four over this year as so far as covering the shortfall period of January next year. But we've got one amazing client, Cavalier Homes. We've got their national brand on as a video strategy and video partnership client. So we will retain them over the next 
12 months and we're starting out with branding work for them tv advertising and things like that they're a great team based out of shepparton awesome yeah you're avoiding the actual question though oh am i how did it go you had a plan of attack oh yeah to sign people up and get them across this thing How Was that the it, actual question? How did it go? I'm just explaining what's been, <laughs> what's been happening. Okay, how did it go? No, not great. No. Oh, okay. No, it went well, but in terms of covering the quiet periods, not as not as well as we would have hoped. The, there's been wins in that we've got the process and we've got the service up and running and we've had it t- tried and tested. We've d- done a bunch of strategy documents that we haven't converted into that longer term client yet, but there's lots of open conversations and we've got one. That's the positive is we've got one that's really a really great client that we're working with consistently that is going to cover some shortfall over a quiet period. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then the rest is in progress. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's interesting because I know from my personal experience, you have this brilliant idea, you're like, this will work, this is amazing, <laughs> you put all this effort into it. Oh, but dude. then it's yeah. not just going to start working the moment you think of it and, no. and roll it out. Like no. it really does take development and adjustment and yeah. tweaking and just putting the message out there consistently yep. on a longer term basis to start yep. to gather those um, clients and leads and opportunities. Yeah, totally. Um, and if you'll indulge me in a little bit of a, a cross podcast plug, I the other thing that has been really happening um, and it reminded me your comment about ideas and how fast they happen <laughs> reminded me of this. I had this concept because we do podcasts so well. But you're just saying. Yeah, look, I agree to that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I thought, man, what would a podcast using that platform as a strategic move for Hebron Films and really out of our amazing chats and consistency with this came the idea to create a podcast that featured remarkable regional businesses, which is our kind of tagline of your business yeah that's our ideal client market is regionally based businesses that are winning already that want to go to the next level and they want to integrate great marketing whatever better communications i thought how could i serve hebron films with a podcast and but keep doing more podcasts and use that as a tool to build relationship with more of our clients all right long story short i've launched I, well, I had the idea to, to start this in, oh man, oh, six months ago, but I think one month ago I've launched Remarkable Regional Business Podcast. <laughs> I was wondering what you were hovering over the board there for. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. One and all. We're one episode down. We're only doing one episode a month because funnily enough, CEOs and founders of remarkable regional businesses are not the easiest people to track down or to lock down for an hour's worth of conversation. They're busy people. But we launched the first episode. It's a video-based podcast and we it is interviews featuring CEOs and founders of remarkable regional businesses, hearing their stories of success. But more importantly, what mistakes have they made along the way? What are some really good stuff ups they can share Mm. that have really helped propel them forward in business? Because we know that a business, and we talk a lot about entrepreneurialism and solopreneur kind of journeys, a lot of businesses making mistakes, learning and how you learn from them to propel Mm. you forward. And maybe even more importantly, 
If you go back and listen to our episode with Harry Morton from Lower Street Media, who basically gave us all the tips for the purpose yeah, of a, yeah, a strategic yeah. and beneficial yeah. podcast, podcast to your business, this is your hey. opportunity to talk to, to founders and CEOs yes. Yes. about their business and you just develop a relationship. You're not going in there with a hard sell. You're saying, yeah. hey, I recognise you are a high level in what you do yeah. and I want to showcase you. Yeah. And you've opened the door to a new person yeah, and exactly. developed a relationship. And I spend the whole time talking about them. Everybody's favourite subject is themselves, whether you like it or not. That's, oh, it depends. If you ask good questions, it is. If you've got someone who cares, right, who cares to listen, then it's easy to talk about yourself. Otherwise, it yeah, can be a bit of a hard slog. But that's exactly right. And I reckon Harry's episode was probably the point that kicked me off thinking about it. Like what, yeah. what could it look like for Hebron Films? Yeah, that's really cool, mate. So year in review for us is the podcast actually fed into (laughs) your business in a way you didn't expect. Oh, man. Yeah, it actually did. So, yeah, that's what's been happening. That's what how things have gone. Do you reckon I've adequately answered your question? Yeah, all right. And so if (laughs) there's one key takeaway of what how you'll tweak that strategy. Okay, yeah, sweet. We – I'm just – getting in front of more people. <laughs> My strategy yeah. is to talk to more people, network with more marketing and communication superstars because they're the ones that are really going to drive integrating video in their marketing strategy. So my focus now is integrating using the podcast as a warm intro to a, a company and then getting the contact for the marketing comms manager and, and going, hey, you're doing some great stuff here. How can I help? Yeah, that's really cool. So the product and offering, the service that you'd come up with is like pretty good. It's yeah. like, It just needs to be in front of more people. And exactly. All right, mate. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Thanks. I hope that works out for you. Have you got any Appreciate episodes it. that are live? <clears throat> yeah, definitely. So we kicked off uh, with Craig Hunter from Clear Dynamics. He's one of the founding members of that business. And he is an absolute legend, genius in his own right. But we talk a lot about AI in, in the corporate space, actually. He helped start Clear Dynamics as a AI-driven software development company. So they were in AI before chat GPT was ever a thing. And so we we talk a lot about the future and what can what it could look like and what it is starting to look like already. Sounds like one I should listen to. I'm pretty oh, keen. Yeah, definitely. And uh, chat GPT, just on a side <coughs> note, yeah. it was a paid version for version four. four. Yeah. Just creating images direct in the chat. Dude, full on, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. There's so much new stuff that's come out with it. Mm. And I've had hardly scratched the surface. I feel like... Every year almost mm-hmm. we should do an AI thing and we can – what's new and how has it changed from the last time we had this chat? Because every year it's going to be exponentially different. Dude, yeah, uh, we could easily do one every like every two months kind of thing. Like it, it stuff moves so quick. That might be an idea for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, there's already a few of those. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we could do a cross-promotion with another ah, AI podcast. Get some specialists in who yeah. are talking about this all the time. That's, yeah, that's a, a great idea. idea. Mm, I like that. Okay, I've got a question for you. So we're pretty much one year in to your involvement in Jandak. I want to hear how it's gone and how you've balanced Nacho Station with a, a growing role in Jandak and how, how you're finding your feet there. Yeah, it has been just over a year since I took on four days a week of employment with a boss, <laughs> with rules and regulations and structure that yes. that's a little bit different to being self-employed 
I think I finally hit a bit of a groove, which was at yesterday. I, I had a moment where I really hit a groove, but so that's fresh in my mind. Yeah. But I found the um, first three to six months really challenging. Yeah. New space, new people, whole new di- dynamic. So Jandak is the Jar Jarung Enterprise trading as Jandak, and that's owned by Jar Jarung Corporation. But what's a, the focus of Jandak for those who've never? What does Jandak do specifically? They are the profitable commercial arm of tr- the traditional owners of this area, mm-hmm. and on the design team, that's my role. On the design team is to facilitate projects in the built environment, so landscape projects, architecture projects, signage some branding and commissioning of artists to do a bunch of stuff and it always leans towards being in the public sphere. So it's like very similar to the space I was in. Yeah. But when you're looking at those civic spaces and huge buildings with big facades and stuff, it really is like it's a whole nother level up. And it took me a little while just to wrap my head around the design language of architecture and yeah. landscape design, Yeah. which didn't take too long. And I had some great feedback along the way of like, I was talking to landscape architects that are external that we're collaborating with and they're like, so what do you do? Because I'm confused. You're a project manager, but you just seem to know all this lingo and you can like (laughs) read it all back. And I was like, so it's amazing how much design can translate across the different design industries. Yeah. There's a lot of terminology. I think it's to do with design thinking. Yeah. The way you approach a problem designers of all industries of all creative industries have a can have a similar approach or Mm -hmm. an approach that overlaps so that was really cool in the last six months hit a bit of a flow and in the zone with just having a bit more confidence having the relationships built up with with the jar members so so what what does that look like give me an example of how you've seen that at work basically in order to influence a public space with traditional owner information or storytelling or culture, you need to access the people who hold that knowledge and information. Mm-hmm. And JARA has a very specific way of doing that. And it's a type of workshop that brings together between eight and 12 traditional owners. And they sit around and we talk about the cultural values of an area or maybe a waterways assessment or there's all these ways that you get people out on country, have a look around, how do they feel about it? What are their aspirations? What are the stories? What is the tangible and intangible culture of that space? And that's a very delicate area to work in because not all information is public. There is a lot of family information that they don't want to share. And then also the artifacts that might be in a town, for example, scar trees, or Rockwells, sometimes they don't want to draw attention to it because Mm. in the past people have gone in and trashed that stuff. Mm. So if you put a marker, here's a scar tree, there's a fear that it'll be burnt down or Mm. cut down or Mm -hmm. affected in some way. So it's it's a really tricky space like that of accessing culture and sharing it publicly but doing it in in the appropriate way. And so that started off just feeling really hard and now it's, it's complicated and it's got a lot of intricacies, but I've started to learn how to deal with those. And interestingly, one of the main things to get your head around working with traditional owners is to disregard, well, not completely disregard, but understand that the traditional way of doing things does not align very well with the Western way of doing things. Uh-huh, yep. 
and it's been quite liberating to remove myself from trying to do things in a Western way yeah, and surrendering to the, the traditional owner way of doing things, which is more about discussion and time and reflection and mm. people and relationships. And if you don't get that right, you can't just push ahead. Wow. If you have an hour's meeting, mm. like the, tr- the Western way of doing things, you got the agenda, you run through it in a meeting, at the end, you pull the trigger, we're making a decision. Yep. You can't do that. Wow. If you get to the end and it's like, we don't know because we have to go back and talk to our family before we can decide on this kind of thing. And wow. so at the end of the meeting, you're like, well, it's going to take more time then. Yeah. I actually love the sound of that because it sounds like it's got a much deeper focus on human connection and value for community connectedness, relationships. I actually love that. Obviously, there's, as you say, there's challenges in working to deadlines and schedules and but have you found that it's come out with potentially better solutions and results or like what could you say looking back at a process that focuses more on those things than than a really strict tight process driven corporate kind of structure it's a tricky one because sometimes it doesn't get done right and Mm. the timeline is the timeline something has to be built there's a funding agreement that needs to be funded by xyz time to build a shelter or whatever and you can be really up against it to do things the culturally appropriate way and then just literally having a this is the last moment we can have input into something. Yeah. But, yeah, mm. it is quite liberating mm. and it is about people and, like, mm. bringing people all together on a journey. Mm. And I think that's where I really come into my own a bit is just being a facilitator and a host. And so yesterday I had 12 Jara people, elders and up-and-comers and a yeah. really wide group of people. And I just had to, ta- I just, my approach was take care of everyone the best you can. Uh-huh. I'm the host. We've got to, they didn't have to worry about anything. They rock up, accommodation sorted, and the food's all organized. And yeah. I'm trying to cater to so many people. It's exhausting. Yeah. But <laughs> it sounds exhausting. It really pays off. Made sure I went there the night before and had dinner with everyone. Yeah. So you can start to build that group dynamic and, and yeah. come into it not as a stranger. Well, that's something we learned from Troy, like on our first episode here, is don't be a stranger, right? You need to – it's really hard to get – build trust and access and with a, a, a traditional owner if you're not known. If Why would I engage with you? Because I don't know you. Yeah, exactly. And I just twigged on this the other night of – and that's why it's exhausting. I try and bring 100% of myself to this, which <laughs> yeah. is like be as polite and courteous and conscientious. conscientious. I'd mix the two Courteous. Oh, that's a great word. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> For the aunties, I just like try and really look after them. Like yeah. they're my auntie and I care. And like the, the stuff they share with me is like, wow. oh, it's amazing. So I try and give them 100% of that. And then with some of the blokes who are there, yeah. I'm 100% a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not 100%. I just yeah. play, I just bring myself, which You're building is building rapport. But it's also when I, if I think about like who I am, yeah. I love to take the piss. Yeah. I love to be sarcastic and have a laugh <laughs> and not take myself too seriously. And mm. so instead of just like being not that, 
wow. I just, I bring that yeah. and, and this is me yeah, man. and I'm just like trying to be honest and put myself out and people respond, even though I'm being a bit silly here and there. Uh-huh. Or, yeah. Yeah. You know, like I'm on the bus making jokes to the whole thing. <laughs> Let me know. Put your hand up if you're not here. And I get a few giggles around and just like, <laughs> that, but that's the kind of joke I would make in front of mates. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just bring that and it's been really interesting to see how people respond to that. And man, it's great. That's just the power of authenticity right there. Actually, I've seen it everywhere. I am just writing the Hebron email newsletter. Is it broken up into smaller sections or is it a is it an essay? No, it's broken up into smaller sections. Yeah, it's very digestible. <laughs> no, but I'm writing about authenticity and bringing your uniqueness to something. I'll relate it back to marketing, but so many people, it's a real bugbear of mine in the corporate world is there are certain industries that are absolutely terrible for it when you're interacting with someone and they're just not there. Like you've got nothing of who they are in that interaction. They're just putting on their corporate model, their robot self, putting Mm. up their face and going, this is how I go to work. Mm. This is how you talk and interact. This is the company line. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I love what you're saying because it's a real success story of bringing your authentic self that doesn't necessarily conform to what a host, uh, to a, a facilitator should look like in a corporatized environment, but that's all BS anyway. People want to be interacting with people and because your traditional owner connections and the people you're dealing with value that higher than your average person maybe, or that's more of a prerequisite for them Mm. is I need to know someone and just genuinely know them, not their, this is the Jandak facilitator we've got. No, this is Reese Hendy Mm. that we're working with here. So I reckon that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's been such a massive learning curve. And also this time last year, I don't think I knew myself wow. again. Yeah. I was phasing out of Nitro Station, which I'd attached my identity to. Uh-huh. And uh, so if you're listening out there and you're like, oh, what is myself to bring? It takes work and effort to, mm-hmm. to rediscover that, wow. which has led me to this point where I think I'm pretty comfortable and it's the most I've known myself in a fair while. I'll tell you what, there's nothing, there is almost nothing more powerful as creative entrepreneurs than to know yourself and what your unique thing is and to be able to step into a space where you feel comfortable showing who you are despite, you know, any social rules or whatever. Mm. To If you can discover that, then man, that's going to help you in every area of business, life, creativity, creative expression, everything. I feel like my example, it was like COVID, the just massive flip of society and the Mm -hmm. way we did things was like what through the uncertainty. And there was change, like personal growth and change through that time. And it's taken a bit of time to reconcile that. Yeah, yeah. Did you feel like you had any, that that changed you or you had to rediscover? I'm wondering if other people resonate with my timeline of it coming off the back of COVID and, and actually taking that much time to heal and rediscover. Yeah, change breeds change and pressure really reveals what's underneath. Comfort is the worst for the flourishing of humans. Comfort is just like it hides what's going on inside and it also limits growth. So the fact that COVID and pandemics and all sorts of nonsense that went along with it really created such a pressure cooker environment, very destructive in mm. a lot of ways, but the opportunity is self-discovery and, and re 
um, rebirth. 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 Yeah, let's go all the way to the most like (laughs) epic. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I rose from the ashes, reborn (laughs) and ready to rediscover myself. I love it. Yes. (laughs) I can resonate a little bit to that. I'm probably entering a new season of (laughs) pressure and... Yeah, rediscovery. What is your new season, mate? How are you how are things yeah. tweaking for you in from this year into the new year, do you think? Yeah, I'm in a bit of a season of character building. There's been some pretty stressful situations at work with some cash flow gaps and things like that where it there's nothing like a financial challenge to really ramp up the pressure. Oh, yeah. Stress. <laughs> oh boy. Just and, before you go yeah, on though, I yeah, just want to say Yeah. Thank you for being so candidly honest. Not everyone would just step up and say that on air or even to someone they work with or know. The honesty is refreshing. Ah, thanks, Um, man. But, yeah, sorry, go on, though. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, no, I think it's really important because what we're growing in ourselves and encouraging what we want to see around ourselves as people being their real selves. And everyone's experiencing that, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you are going to go through seasons that are really hard. And I guess that's one of the elements that I'm learning is actually a bit more humility and it's from being humbled. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) Right. Um, And it's just letting the people that I've um, put in positions of trust to advise me, being fully open and transparent with them and letting them provide feedback of where my blind spots are. So the ways in which I'm used to operating that are not serving me now. And one example of that is I'm an incredibly optimistic human being and that's great up until the point where it blinds you to the things that need to be addressed and the problems that actually just need some attention Mm. Uh, because the challenge with someone who's overly optimistic, myself uh, being the example, is that you go way more in the direction of, oh, she'll be right. It's mm. been right before. Like it's sorted itself out before. Maybe if I just ignore it, it'll mm. everything will sort itself out. <laughs> mm. Mm. And when that doesn't happen, that's when I've been vulnerable with my business coach and my peers. I've got a really solid group of guys that are running video businesses across the world. Mm, and a whole audience of country creative listeners <laughs> standing there united behind you silently. <laughs> oh, it's nice to know you there, guys. <laughs> guys and girls. So having someone say, hey, Caleb, stop focusing on the next big shiny object that's going to help fix everything for you and just get down into the tough details of why you know you're not consistently connecting with people that uh, could convert into customers there's just the small things that i've been neglecting i'm looking for big things like what big thing can i do that's going to shift the direction and solve Mm. this cash flow problem what can i do massive changes but what i'm learning and having to be, be humbled in is no Caleb you just need to focus on the sometimes boring tasks mm-hmm. that need to be done every single day to build consistency and drive momentum so yeah that's what, what's going on with me that's really interesting because there's that thought process and I've heard this explained to me by I don't know who or where some <laughs> meme on the internet I'm sure <laughs> yeah but it's, and this goes against what you're saying, so I'm keen okay, to hear your thoughts yeah. a little bit. If you focus on the – so you've got 20% of things that you're really bad at mm. in life mm. 
and you could spend like 80% of your time trying to bring those up Mm -hmm. slightly Mm -hmm. or you can take the things that you're 80% good at and take them to 100 and let someone else do the 20% and just dial in on what you're good at and make that ultimate. But what you're telling me is a little bit different to that, that the, the you yeah. need to balance the scale. Not even. That fits really well. I've talked to a few people about this, uh, a few people way more successful than I am, and that is their feedback for me is you've got to find the balance between doing the things that you're not good at until you can find someone to replace you that's better at those things. Mm. But what I've been neglecting a little bit, I think, is trying to be too broad and it's led me to distraction when, when I'm saying the seemingly boring tasks, it's the things like setting up in-person meetings and because that's my zone of genius is connecting with people. But I've been distracted with a whole lot of other things that I think I should be doing and they fall into that bucket of things that I'm not the best at. And I can, oh. it, it's easy to get distracted by busy tasks like responding to emails or helping someone with something that's urgent to them but is not going to move the needle for my business. It's That's a community service kind of thing to help someone, which is awesome and I have a huge value for that. But I think I've been compromising on actually just getting down and going, what is my zone of genius? What is the 20% of things that I'm really good at? And focusing on those. Only 20%? It's, I thought it was going to be 80% of things you're really good at. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Whatever the percentage was. <laughs> Find the things that I'm like, that is my zone of genius and actually invest in that. And that's what I haven't really been doing very well. Like mm. I know I, if I get in front of someone, I've got enough authenticity and charm and I can talk really well and I can connect genuinely with someone really well, I need to be doing more of that. And that's what I've been neglecting is just actually setting myself up to succeed in that area and trying to, I guess, my stress response has been avoidance, unfortunately. Mm. (laughs) So when things get stressful, it makes me a little bit overwhelmed with what I should be doing to fix the problem. And it leads me to inaction. Yeah, kick the can down the road. Exactly. It doesn't fix the stress problem no, or the, it does the lingering not. feeling of this no. unfinished thing. Yeah, and I can be drawn into just what every, everyone else around me is prioritising and just being led into tasks that they might be nice and great, but I one thing Dan, my business coach, says is you have to put your own oxygen mask on before you help others mm. or else you might put two others on and then you're dead. <laughs> So you're not helping anyone. And that's what I want to get to in 2024. The the year is going to be phenomenal. Like I'm back on the connecting with people bandwagon, uh, for lack of a better expression, and setting up those um, connections and conversations. And 2024 is looking amazing. Future Caleb is laughing. Wow. So optimistic of you. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to ditch all the optimism. I'm, I'm just going to get more effective, right? Yeah, and, I like it. and more, just more realistic in dealing with the things that are in front of me that are a bit challenging. Mm. They're a bit yeah, hard. Mm. I can totally relate to that. A lot of what you said, especially about ignoring the true problem at hand. Yeah. And it just, you just ignore it and ignore it and get busy doing other stuff. Uh-huh. And you're like, damn, this thing is still hanging over me. <laughs> yeah, because you haven't confronted it. You know how in life you find a problem and ideally 
in we will be confronted with lots of problems because that means that we're seeing them. Yeah. But you if you don't tackle it, you don't overcome it, you'll just get another opportunity to go around the mountain and I wanna know. Yep. Because I do not have an answer to this. Ooh. I love to just put it off and eventually I get to it, but I don't have a strategy of how or why or when to just get it over and done with, to just yeah. pull the trick. Do you have a way that you've got you tricked your brain into tackling those hard things? Yeah. The first thing is being more self-aware of what my stress response is. And funnily enough, I'll give a shout out to Ash Benelak. He runs Thriving Minds Collective. And it was so funny. He's the mental fitness dude. So he's like how he runs a program called Be Well. And we were talking to him about some video stuff. And he's running this pilot of the program. Asked me if I wanted to sign up and go through this program of mental fitness, he calls it. It's like it's mental well-being and adding skills and strategies of how to deal with stress, but how to optimize your performance, how mm. to get more effective pretty much mm. in every, every area of your life. But I signed up to it thinking, oh, I'm, I've got things pretty well sorted. I'll see what his, what his programs and build some relationship with this awesome dude, but I don't really probably need his mm -hmm. program. I got halfway through and I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm broken. <laughs> <laughs> so in answer to your question and what are some strategies, I've actually recently been equipped with a lot of strategies and the first one being – just a teaser. Yeah. Don't give them all away. Oh, no, no, I no. just want the teaser. This is five weeks, this program. So please, I will not be able to give anything <laughs> compared to what the value you would get out of signing up to this program. But firstly, it's like understanding what is your natural stress response and then being able to tackle that. What one do I really love? Box breathing is a really good one. That's really simple to explain as well. It's really short. Box breathing is a breathing technique that enables a whole lot of physio physiological things to happen that, that lowers your heart rate, deals with cortisol in your body and does a whole heap of really great things that I will not even attempt to explain. But it's when you're feeling really stressed to... Let me guess, was breath in... Half breath out, breath in, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's timed breathing, right? So timed breathing, yeah. yeah. So look at it, Google it, Google box it. breathing. Yeah, I'm not even going to try and explain exactly what it is because I'll really mess it up. But it's really helpful to regulate what's going on inside of you and enable your brain to get back to, uh, I reckon I'm going to give it a go, the parasympathetic nervous system. Okay. If you Google it and that's wrong, don't blame me. Yeah, um, just hit us up in comments. And yeah, say, say uh, yeah, correction here. But it gets you back to the state where you're actually able to confront the issue and there's not a whole heap of baggage and Boys, yeah, energy. Yeah, nasty things making you overwhelmed. So it's building resilience. Yeah. Awesome, mate. It's as simple as a breathing technique. Yeah, no. That's, but that's, that's, that's the sample yeah, little that's teaser. That's the sample, right? Yeah. Hey, you should hit up Ash. That's just a, a freebie for him. If he's listening, shout out to you, Ash. Maybe we chat to him instead of us trying to explain oh, it. Hey, let's get him on the podcast. All right, cool. Hey, we got we got to wrap it up. We actually had a whole other thing to talk about. Oh man, Did which we... is, yeah about the creative arts <gasps> industries advisory body, but. Oh. Pause. Okay, I'm pausing. I actually have to run to the meeting like right now. Oh, boy. So we don't have enough time to talk about it. But okay. let's pick up on this another time. All right. And I'm not saying the next episode. 
I'm just saying. Yeah, no promises are when right. it happens. <laughs> when it happens. Because people happens, will happens. let us know, hey, you said the next episode was going to be, okay, you need to run to this really cool creative thing that we're going to talk about at some point in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you know who it's going to be who's saying that? Our producer, Amy. Like, <laughs> stop making <laughs> yes, promises you can't right, deliver. That's right. <laughs> we love you, Amy. Yes, thank you, Amy. Really appreciate it. All right. Well, just that was a really great chat. Thanks, Caleb. Oh, thanks, Reese. And uh, yeah, let's keep the topics flowing. I, I still want to really hear what people have to say. We've got yeah. a website you can jump to check yeah, in all the episodes. We've got a, an Instagram page, Country yeah, Creators Podcast. Um, our numbers are up. People are actually listening compared yeah. to this time last year. How cool was that? We did get some numbers, a little bit of a review going there. And come on, you guys, yeah. you're finding some value in what we're pumping out. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, we hope so. Yeah. I assume that's why they're listening. <laughs> yeah, it's not for the uh, frequency of our voices, I wouldn't say. No, I don't think so, although they are silky smooth. <laughs> no, let's not. <laughs> let's wrap it up there. Thanks for listening. Yep. Talk to you soon. All right. for tuning in once again to Country Creatives Podcast with Reese Hendy and Caleb Maxwell. I'm Amy Chapman and I produce the show and we get loads of support from the Emporium Creative Hub. If you'd like to catch any of our past episodes from 2023 or further back in 2022, we'd love you to explore that via countrycreatives.com.au or emporiumcreativehub.com.au slash podcast. If you'd like to catch us on Instagram, send us a message, leave us a comment at country underscore creatives. We've got another episode coming your way in two weeks' time. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast via your favourite podcasting platform and you'll be the first to get that episode in your ears. Until then, stay safe, stay very creative and we look forward to having you join us very soon. Bye.